Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. Thank you guys for joining us once again as we herald in the new year. Happy New Year everybody. Forgot about that actually. Didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe we have some very touchy subjects for you guys uh, in this one. There's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in video game news around the country, around the world, actually, I should say. Uh, the country, nothing's really changed. America doesn't touch video games too much unless there's like nudity or copyright infringements or whatever the hell, right? But around the world, there are some really interesting things going on, specifically in China with some of those things that they are doing for gaming as far as banning some stuff regulating hours, all of that. But we will go into details on that very soon. But before we do, um, I just, because it is the New Year episode and I'm just kind of rolling off of the you know first thought here, should we go over just some quick New Year's resolutions real fast? We didn't do that last time. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Uh, in regards of gaming? Yeah, sure. Why not? Or anything in general. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. I think I love how every year I kind of tell myself, I think this is the year I'm going to hit my backlog. But mm-hmm. honestly, like with how amazing this past year was, like the backlog is 2023. <laughs> yeah, I like looked at my list of like indies I still want to play for 2023 releases. And I'm like, eh, there's still a pretty good list. Like I'm like, it, it comes down to like, are these going to actually be worth my time kind of thing? And they're regretfully a bunch of them actually do look like a lot of fun. But I think this year I, there's a lot of RPGs I've kind of, I wanted to play when I was younger, but I knew I wouldn't understand them. And I know Mm -hmm. I said this before with like Vagrant Story and like even Lost Odyssey, like I just never probably would have cared for them when I was younger in a sense where it's like, I know that they're more mature. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to dive into those. I also, I would like to explore more of old adventure games, like the Lucas art stuff. So like police quest and uh grim Fandango, um, things like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, just trying to, see a side that I haven't really seen or have been wanting to play for more than a decade. But yeah, I mean, who knows this year might have a bunch of games come out. I, I feel like this year won't be as intense as last year, but I mean, I don't know. You say that now, but we talked about a bunch of games that were coming out next year or this year now. Ooh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm they're like, only coming uh, out like in the first quarter. <laughs> so who knows, man, it could be crazy. I know. I'm hoping they all come out first quarter and then I just play the whole year catching up. But you know, that never that's, works out like that. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about you? Uh, I got a couple. So, First things first, number one on the list, it's going to happen, um, is playing and beating Vagrant Story. Don't care. Like that, (laughs) we've talked about, like I said, talked about it way too much. It's going to happen. 
Um, but on top of that, one of the things that I want, I really want to do this year, um, and based off of things that have happened recently to me, you know, in my personal life, uh, I really want to expand my skill set. Uh, I mm. want to develop better, uh, new things, and I have some stories and game ideas and graphic novel things that I've been kind of baking around in my head for years, and I really want to just get them out on paper. I'm okay if it's not, I'm not trying to jump the gun and say, oh, I want to make a full graphic novel in the year 2024. No, I want to at least start that process, right? I want to take those first steps and get them out of my head and get them onto a sheet of paper, get those ideas, um, just kind of share them with people, bring them to life, right? Um, one of the biggest quotes I remember, like, I don't know, it's just this theory or concept where in, you have to actually breathe life into your ideas, and the only way to do that is to speak about them and share them with people. So that's one of the big things I really want to work on this year is at least start those projects that I've been putting off for so long due to work schedules, um, just getting tired, things like that, right? So my ultimate goal is to really expand my skill set in the world of gaming uh, and art in general. So that's, that's my ultimate goal. Even if it's just like a little tiny game, you know, like I just want to make something. I want to stay creative and stay busy. So, graphic That's, novel would be cool. Yeah, I got some fun ideas. I'll have to talk about them sometime because they've been. I've actually have one story that I started writing. I think my first year of college back in two thousand and eight. Yeah, so it's been baking around in my head, and I've never been able to forget it for this long and to me that makes it seem like maybe this is an idea that has legs if for almost 20 years it's been rattling around in my brain then it must be important to me so maybe i should put it out there <laughs> who knows and actually one of the game ideas that i've had that we've talked about before the one with the masks and everything you know mm -hmm. um i actually was thinking about it yesterday because i've been binge watching yu yu Hakusho. Again, nice. yeah, after the live action release on Netflix, which was actually really good. I really hmm. enjoyed it. It sparked my love for that show and reminded me how much I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've been binge watching that like crazy. And it's like, what if a game is not the right direction for that story? What if a comic, graphic novel, animation, whatever it may be, is the better path for that? Or what if it's just another path for it, right? I mean, look at Arcane visual and novel. all that stuff. That would be pretty cool too, right? Like, I think it would be, uh, I don't know. I just want to get it out there. I, I want to really, like, flesh out exactly what does this world look like? Uh, what do these players play like? What is, Or what are these characters? Who are they, right? Like, that kind of stuff. So I'm really trying to push forward with that one and do that. But everyone should go out there and rewatch Yu Hakusho the anime like if you're a big fan of it like if you're a fan of dragon ball z and all that stuff you hakusho is that but with way less filler in my opinion and the fight scenes are dope <laughs> like they're super cool uh and it is very much like the graphic version of dragon ball z that we did not see back in the day and yusuke is a complete shithead in the show and i actually really like it <laughs> He's so mean. It's it's crazy. Like he'll just go up and start cursing people out, and it's like they didn't do anything, man. Like you're supposed to be the main character with this, you know. Everyone has all their faith behind you, and you're telling people to shut up, and you know, like cursing them out and all. Like I don't know. There's just something pretty funny about it, and I think watching it now, 
instead of watching it back when it was like on Toonami or whatever, when it was edited. That's where I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Now seeing like the unedited original content of it, I was like, oh my God, like this is a very adult anime and I really love it. So yeah, check it out. It's fun. But anyway, I need to rewatch it now. It's so good. I just finished the Dark Tournament arc again. Oh Mm. man. And that fight with Tagoro. That was good. That was good. There's so much. What's amazing about that is that there's so much feels like there's the drama. There's the action that you actually care about these characters. There's character growth that doesn't take forever. Right. And, you know, you look at the episodes of like Dragon Ball Z where Goku charges up the spirit bomb or how many episodes did it take for him to go Super Saiyan. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's insane. And then you watch Yu Hakusho where you have like this badass, amazing fight. And it's only one episode long and it's all you need. But it feels like everything's actually like in real time there where one character might say, oh, I can only do this for 15 minutes. And you watch the anime for 15 minutes and then they're out of it. But the entire time is just action, action, action. So it's actually really cool. I I do really appreciate that. But anyway, that's a anime spiel uh, run on. (laughs) And maybe we can do a fun little episode of just randomness one of these days maybe we'll do that and we'll just kind of discuss all the things that we just enjoy in life yeah yeah that sounds nice but let's get into today's topic so in the news lately i mean there's been a lot of things going on in the news um as far as what's going on with gaming uh there's a lot of changes that have been happening i know unity was definitely a part of the headlines for a very long time for very good reasons uh they are trying to backtrack on what they originally did and they the fees aren't as bad anymore and apparently you actually have to pay unreal out more based on the new versions of what unity is trying to do for their you know their platform which is nice but they did piss off a lot of people in the process now there's something else that has completely taken over the headlines as far as video game news goes And that is China's banning of video games recently, or a soft ban, I would have to say, right? They are trying to curb the amount of time that people are playing video games to a very, very small amount. And the types of games that are going to be allowed in China are going to be changed completely. So the new, like the top games, like the ones that have millions and millions of players on a daily basis are mostly games that have a daily login bonus, right? Or a seasonal pass, right? Where you feel obligated to have to come back to the game every single day or else you might have that fear of missing something or missing something, right? Uh, Whether it's Mm -hmm. a costume, a dance or whatever. Usually it's cosmetic things. It's never really like game changers unless you're playing um, that one Star Wars game where it's completely pay to win. But anyway, (laughs) so the big thing here is that they are going to make it or they've made it so that you cannot play those styles of games. So any game that has a sense of you need to play it every single day, whether it's a login bonus or a seasonal pass or something like that, those are completely banned in China. And then for people who are under the age of 18, they can only play games on the weekend, right? But they can only play, and the numbers change depending on which article you're reading, but it's between one and three hours a week. And that's it. So that's really not that much. I don't know. Whenever I sit down to play a game, I usually end up playing for about three or four hours a day, right? And I'm not playing every day, but 
that's a good video game like session for me, you know. But mm-hmm. now for the entire country of China, one to three hours is all they get the entire week. And I don't know exactly how they're regulating this. Um, like if it, there's like a full shutoff. I know that for the phones in China, they actually have it where you can set it up, um, set up time frames in which this the phone can be on or what apps can be available. So like you can actually parent lock it so that games cannot be opened between X hours, right? So if this is a government-wide ban on these things or government regulation, does that mean that every single Xbox, PlayStation, PC out there, right? Like, do they have to bake in that internal clock to in, in order to follow these standards? I, I don't know. But it feels very intense, right? Like, this feels like a lot. But they are saying that it is to counteract gaming addiction. So there is a reason, but it feels like they might be pushing a little too hard about this. But then again, this is also coming from my point of view, right? As far as being in the United States, I don't see like the major issue with playing games because a lot of people I know that play games do have a life. I mean, you got you got a kid <laughs> and you're married, right? Like, and you play yeah. a lot of games. So I don't know. How do you feel about this? Like this regulation? So I can understand why people would want you know a regulation in a sense you know Mm -hmm. especially for people that don't play games you know because they'll be like well they're partaking in a well i guess i'm i'm gonna look at it as like say for adults first right because obviously the the china the ban china is for children right but with adults for me it's like i've learned how to adapt my time to play games, right? Like, I mean, yeah, when, if my family's gone and I'm just, you know, at the, watching the house or something like that, yeah, I'll, I'll play. And I did that the other day where I just played four hours and it was amazing. But, you know, for me, it's like, okay, if my family's up, I'm not gonna go hide in my room and just play all day while, you know, my wife is watching the kid or, you know, I, I don't, I want to make it so it's like equal ground basically. Um, and this can be with anything, right? Like for me, as much as I just want to play games all day, I realize I can't do that just because I, I want to be there for my family. But, you know, it's for people that don't have that kind of stuff where it's like for them, they might just work, maybe go to school. I feel like it's a little bit harder to maybe discipline yourself unless you find other things to do. And, you know, before I had a family where I was just working and going to school, it that basically like that third thing I did was usually just playing games. Right. Like I didn't I might work out a little bit but usually it was just playing games and i think there's a difference between people that you know when they get sucked into the point where it interferes with their life right like it i don't say it stunts their growth because it's not the right term but it basically like it creates a stagnant lifestyle 
mm-hmm. for them where, you know, it's, I'm just going to play a game and not do anything, right? It's where you escape, but you're escaping too far. And I think while I know that exists and I know people that, you know, have gone that far. And I mean, I feel like I went there too at one point where that's literally all I wanted to do, but it was never to the point where I wanted to like, you know, shut away from even my mom or something like that. Like I'd always mm-hmm. be present, but I, it's just weird to think that there'd be people like that where it's like, I'm just gonna play Fortnite all day and not be around, you know, I'm, I like there's stories I hear of like dudes or, you know, wives who will just play and not do anything with their family all day. And it's like, I don't know. That is, that's I, a little bit like much. I feel like there's a, a deeper seated issue there. And I think right. it also comes into like a lot of times with multiplayer games too, you know, because it's like for me, I play a lot of single player games. So for me, it's easy to be like, okay, I've had my my story fill of the day. I can go and run to the store and grab something or I can play with my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was playing Fortnite or Counter-Strike all day, it's like, oh, I just want to play one more match. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, my buddies want to play now for five hours. It's like, I can see that mentality. And that's even for adults. You know, as a kid, I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, I mean, all I did was play games. I didn't really have a whole lot of interest in a lot of other stuff. So for me, like that was my main interest. And I wish, you know, like Twitch and all that stuff existed back then because that I I would have been set. I would have been on all day, every day, but it's, it's hard to say with children, like how limited they should be. I think it definitely comes into the age groups as well because a lot of people will say, oh, it'll, you know, stunt their growth. It'll, you know, they won't want to do anything else. And when I look at it from like, say my personal experience, I'm like, uh, how does that happen? Like I played games all the time as a kid, but I was just fine. Right. But nowadays I see, I go to the library and I see five kids jump in and being loud at a computer and they're watching their buddies play some like, like jump challenge on freaking Roblox. And I'm like, really? In a library? Like, I mean, yeah, I played tower defense games in the library, but like. Mine was pocket tanks. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's like, for me, I'm like, I don't know. It. It is weird because I can see it like when I'm at work, I'll see kids who are, you know, on their phone and they're playing. They're not playing Roblox or Fortnite because obviously they're not on the Internet, but it's like they're playing something and. It is kind of weird to see kids being that connected, right? Because back in the day, well, we had a Game Boy. Yeah. And even then, it's like. Well, I'm not going to lug it around everywhere. No, and so you we had were a, somewhat any, disconnected. Like, crazy thing that you found, you had to actually physically go to your friend's house, right? You had to go outside and discuss it with them. But I don't know, like whenever I talked about, let's say, Pokemon with my friends or traded stuff, 
we still went outside and did stuff too. We just might come back and whenever the lights are out or it's getting dark or we're tired and we come back and play some video games together, right? Like it never felt like it was how it is nowadays where that's like that could be the entire activity completely, right? And you don't even need to be with your friend to actually interact with them anymore. I just need yeah, to like most, most kids are just in their Discord chats half the time, you know, it's or an equivalent, right? Mm-hmm. But I think too, especially like, I feel like esports isn't as big as it was maybe like a, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember like right after the pandemic, like esports just blew up, at least in this country, right? Like in, in Europe, it was kind of big already because of Counter Strike and stuff like that. But I felt like every kid thought that they wanted to be an esport player, right? Because they're spending all these hours playing Fortnite. And. I think that gave a lot of kids like that mentality of it's okay to play this game because I'm going to be professional one day and I'm just going to keep playing. And while that's good, you know, I mean, if you're actually going to commit yourself to wanting to be an esport player because there's money in it, that's fine. But most aren't. No, you have to treat it like practice, like you're actually training. That's the thing. That's the difference. Exactly. A lot of people don't see. And I saw that in kids that were jumping into like esports programs. They Mm -hmm. admittedly said, you know, oh, I thought we were just going to play in here. It's like, no, that's not what you signed up for, bud. Like, we're actually going through drills. We're learning hitboxes. We're learning how to comp, right? Like, you have to practice. You have to do these things. And it's just like any other sport or skill. So I, I think that there's a false illusion nowadays. And it's it's funny coming from me, right? Like, because that was my profession for a while. <laughs> but mm-hmm. there's this false idea that, you know, playing games will get you rich because they see all these people on YouTube that make it look so easy. And we fall into that same trap, too, right? Like, whenever mm-hmm. we're looking, I mean, I fell into it for a little bit and I even started trying something out because... I was just looking for some extra income on the side, right? Like of drop shipping or whatever it is. And you go to these YouTube sites, there are these how to do some things and they make it seem so easy to do it. Well, the thing is, is that either one, they are experts in their field, right? They've been doing this for a very long time or they're not showing you the entirety of it all, right? I can't tell yeah. you how many times I looked at a how-to video did everything exactly how the video said, you know, watch the video over and over and over again, realizing that I'm just giving them so many views right now. So you're welcome to some of those how to videos only to come out with a failed project at the end. Right. And then whenever I step away from the computer, step away from YouTube, go through the project on my own, I realize, oh, well, it's actually missing this. This can't work without this. And you look at the final schematic or final pictures of the things, it actually has the missing item, but the video doesn't show putting that there, right? Like, there's a lot of that going on, and it could be because they're looking to get more views or what people don't understand, right? Boost their channel. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? But to me, that is just creating this false sense of ease, of how easy this stuff is, no matter what it's work. Right. Like you have to be able to put the time into these things, you know, like the same thing with this podcast. Right. Like this takes time. You need to actually have time to do it. And a lot of people think that you can just 
put make a podcast, put it out there and make a bunch of money. No, that's I'm sorry to burst your bubble right now. That's not how that works. Right. Like you have to actually put the time and the effort in to accomplish those things. And it becomes a part time job. Right. And that's that's whenever you have to figure out, is this losing the magic by it becoming a part time job? Right. So there's a lot into it that way. But I, I think that because of the false sense of ease online and the ease of access to these things, yeah, you're starting to see a lot more kids and adults and everyone getting really, really hooked on these games, which is not I mean, playing games is not a bad thing. I mean, we have a freaking video game podcast here, right? If we start advocating that games are bad, that would look weird. (laughs) But that's not what we're trying to say here. It's just everything in moderation. So seeing the the restrictions that China is putting on their games, I can see where they're coming from, right? It, It makes sense. But it's another one of those issues that whenever the government gets involved in a media source that they don't fully understand, they start making regulations that don't hold any merit or any weight, right? I mean, you look at certain um, studies that have been going around to help with Alzheimer's or even help with ADHD or autism, they're actually prescribing video game time because it helps, right? So it's, it's a very interesting idea that in certain areas, like, it doesn't feel like they're taking in all the information and making an educated choice based off of that, right? They're just doing what they feel is best for their country at the time, which you can't blame them, right? They they have their own way of running things, and America is very different, right? And if you look at a ban list of games from countries, uh, ours is the shortest. We don't actually have any 100% like banned games, I don't think. We have games that have been completely recalled and things like that, but for the most part, due to freedom of speech, we're allowed to have any kind of game out there and play anything that we want to play. Um, so it's it's just very, it's a different mindset. It's a different way of approaching things and a different way of looking at it. And, you know, I, I feel like the the biggest thing here to really dive into is, I mean, everything's good in moderation, right? And playing games all the time is okay if you can do that right like if you happen to have a day off and you're home alone all day cool why not hop online play some games have some fun but if you have a wife at home maybe turn the games off right have that conversation with her be present in your own life don't let it completely absorb everything that you're doing i think that's the biggest thing and maybe that is what china's ultimate goal is here but I seriously doubt that. <laughs> I think that they're just trying to regulate everyone as much as possible. And because some of the games that have been banned in China are kind of ridiculous when you look at it, right? Like in most countries, the games that are banned are due to hyperviolence or something that clashes against the government. But then you look at China and they banned Animal Crossing. Really? Like one of the seemingly most... I don't know, like friendly games out there that (laughs) they completely banned it. And the reason being is it does fall into that trope of this has daily rewards. So it has to be taken out. Right. But I know that there's more things going on behind the scenes with that. It is not just because of that. It just happens to fall under that blanket and they got damn lucky with that one. Right. So 
it's it's an interesting conversation to have with this and there's no right or wrong answer you know gaming addiction is a real thing but being addicted to anything has been is possible you know uh, and it's really just a i mean gaming addiction or any kind of addiction is just something that takes you away from your normal day life and might undermine your personal relationships in some sort of way that's an that's an addiction. I mean, this is nothing new. We've seen gaming addiction uh, for years and years and years, right? I mean, in 1982 alone, there was psychiatrists that actually did a study on space invaders, and before it was called gaming addiction or gaming disorder, it was called space invaders obsession, right? Like that was that was the whole thing. It's it's been around forever, and I mean. When the government, like I said, when the government gets involved in media that they don't fully understand, that's when we start having issues. I mean, another example of that is when Tetris was released and the government actually thought that it was developed by the Russians to lower productivity of Americans. And they tried to ban the selling of Tetris in America because of that. They thought it was actually a ploy during the Cold War to get Americans to be less productive. That's stupid. Right. So but I can't say that about every government. <laughs> I'm sure that they have their reasons and their reasons might be valid for whatever there is. Right. Cultural differences, stuff like that. So I don't know. There's a lot to kind of dissect there. I know I kind of went on a little rant, but yeah, it's it's just different. When you look at the the gaming industry in China, like if you go, it's interesting if you look past all of kind of what most people think about them as where it's like just gacha games and all that kind of stuff when you look at like some games that have come out out of there the past few years like there's a lot of good games that come out of there right it's just half the time either we don't hear about them or they come out and they're just kind of there Mm -hmm. even though they sell like crazy great out there but out here you know no one covers them which is always kind of weird too. But I think when you look at the the reasoning behind them controlling like children playing, it I feel like if they did something like that out here, I'd be very curious. I mean, I'm against the government limiting like controlling that much of our lives in general, so I mean and I feel like most people in this country would feel the same way, too. Well, and they can't legally do it because of freedom of speech and everything like that, too. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think I think a lot of people nowadays, at least in this country, have kind of embraced that gaming has become a part of most children's lives at least in some way or another right like in a lot of ways most things are games to kids so it just they grow up with it now a lot more yeah like schoolyard Um, games have changed yeah you know it's it's a different time and i think that talking to talking to their children and you know being like hey like maybe you shouldn't play all day Mm -hmm. right like especially if you have school going on if it's your semester like as a kid like maybe cut it out 
at least if it's interfering with your grades. I mean, when my kid grows up, if they want to play games, you know, if their grades are great and they've spent enough time hanging out with me or the family and they just want to play games, sure, why not? If it's not affecting you in a negative way, then I have no problem with it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you look at one hour or three hours for the weekend, it's like, okay, so what are, are you, I feel like the idea behind it is like, we don't want our kids to be dumb and we want them to focus on, you know, being book smart or doing something, basically being productive, which, you know, I could see most people agreeing like, oh, that's a good thing. But I don't know. It, in a lot of ways, restricting a kid is never a good thing because a lot of times restrictions have negative outcomes. Okay. And that's I feel like and everything. Yeah. in a culture that seems very strict and very regimented, like doing that, it, you might take away that kid's uh, release from the stresses of school or mm -hmm. the stresses of just social interactions, right? Like sometimes kids play games to escape what they're going through in life and being restricted like that. Like it's, it's tough, you know, like, especially if it's like a kid that doesn't want to play like, you know, an MMO, which, you know, I was interesting reading that there's been so many MMOs popping up in China and um, a lot of mobile ones, which I mean, obviously kids can get a hold of those a lot easier than ones on PCs. And it's, kind of fascinating especially when you look at how they want to do away with the you know the daily check-ins the gacha stuff it's i don't think that's going to happen out here i think that stuff will stay in the games right because a lot of times american companies have their own systems built in and sometimes publishers over here can make their own rules regarding that mm -hmm. but I don't know. I think that is a step in the right direction because, yeah, you're you're almost keeping people too engaged in your games. And I've personally have known people who play mobile games every day for at least three or four hours. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I could say the same. Oh, I play games for three or four hours a day, you know, at night. But it's kind of different when you're on your phone and you're like out and you're playing yeah. and it's just, I don't know. It's kind of different. You know, like I don't want to sound like I'm old cause I'm like totally down with playing stuff, but it's like, I don't know. It's kind of weird when it comes to like a younger generation nowadays, because I know the culture in gaming is different because we didn't have this weird play anywhere as easy as it is now right but yeah when you look at like game bannings it's like it's interesting when you look at the rest of the world and it really goes to show like oh yeah america really is all about sex and violence you know and you look at like so many other countries that ban games with like sexual imagery that that makes sense right mm -hmm. like i can understand that and 
you know, a lot of them, it's with the violent stuff, it's interesting. And I understand places banning games that might portray their country as bad, right? Or in a negative way. Or it goes and against religious morals, right? That are yeah, that, that makes that's sense. a big that's a big thing too is the whole religious side of it and it's interesting because you would think in this day and age it'd be different but in those countries it's still the same right like obviously they have a different mindset different life than say out here but it's always fascinating. I don't know. It's looking at the list of games, like a lot of them, I can understand why. And some of them I'm like, Hmm. And it makes sense when you have games like say animal crossing, where you can just upload any image mm-hmm. that you want with your designs. Cause yeah, people are going to do political stuff and you know, people did that kind of stuff out here, but because freedom of speech, like no one's going to care if you, you know, don't like Biden or don't like Trump. Like it's, it's just in the game, right? Mm-hmm. People will post that image on social media and they'll either get praised or blasted. And it's like, it's no big deal. And I don't know. I feel like to me, putting restrictions on stuff like that, it's just kind of like, if people really want to play something, they're going to find a way. Yeah. And as someone who has quite a few, I wouldn't say friends, but people I talk to from other countries. A lot of those countries that have like a huge list of banned games, they usually end up just pirating games anyway, because games are too expensive in their country. So they find a way to play them anyway. And I think that's always what's kind of interesting is like, yeah, you can take stuff away, but people are just going to find a way. Mm -hmm. Might be a little different with, you know, restricting time with, because they can track IP and online activity, but when it comes to like banned stuff, it's pretty easy to get around that anywhere. Yeah, I mean nowadays, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. There's so yeah. many different things, or there's so much different like software programs, all that stuff out there that makes it readily accessible for anyone. So, I think the big issue here is like, okay, so the the Chinese stuff is targeting youth, right? 18 and under. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a big concern for a lot of parents as well as should my child be playing video games? And I think that there needs to be a different type of conversation about this. And really the big thing is if they're interested in video games, maybe you can start redirecting them to something else. Because I know that with like me playing so many games and just really enjoying my time with them, spending a lot of time playing video games when I was younger, I ended up getting a massive, like major curiosity on how games are actually made. And then I had to find out myself on, you know, game design stuff. I had to do my own research, look into it and start finding that kind of information out now. It would be kind of cool to see if like game developers whenever they released a game they kind of maybe supplemented the material with more of game design topics rather than just gameplay topics 
started that dialogue with the youth and their audience themselves, got people more interested in what makes the game tick, what kind of jobs are available on that. And I think that might be an important conversation for parents to have with their kids if they are afraid that their child is spending too much time playing video games. Maybe try and redirect that excitement into making their own games or you know, hosting their own tournaments or, you know, other assets like that, or, you know, game management. There's so many different fields in game development that 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 excitement can be converted to. So I I think that maybe that might be a better solution to this instead of banning time and restricting it to a level in which you're now taking away, like you said, you're taking away that child's uh, escape from school, their their way of dealing with stress, all those kind of things, maybe rewarding that with, you know, doing some research of your own as a parent and looking into maybe expressing how exciting it is to make your own stuff. Because there's so much software out there that is readily available. It's free. It's easy to use. It's easy to learn, all that kind of stuff. And they can not just play games, but they can they can still play, but make games at the same time. And I think that is a a very interesting way of going about it. It's something completely different. Now they're not just playing random games online. They're Now they're not just playing with random people. They're not listening to that toxic behavior out there. They're playing a game that they made with their own hands, right? They're playing a game that came out of their own head, their own ideas. Uh, and that... I think is very interesting. I mean, growing up, my biggest thing with my family was we drew a lot, right? We were creative. We made things like that was just how we got our creativity out there. And if I was growing up nowadays, knowing about all these resources that are available to making games, I feel like I would have started making games at a very young age. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. you know, right, like because it is so readily available. It's so easily there. And there's even games coming out about making games. I mean, look at, you know, Mario Maker and stuff like that, right? Like that game is about making games. That's it, right? It's teaching you basic mechanics and how to properly lay out a level. And like, that's an important skill to learn when it comes to game design. So I think that like the conversation needs to shift into that area. Okay, your your kid is really interested in this well, maybe this is a field for them to do something else, right? To learn a new skill, right? It's like if a kid picks up a football and starts throwing it around and now all of a sudden the parents are like, oh, he likes football. And now they devote all their time to it. They even let him, you know, kind of drop on his grades and avoid going to birthday parties because he's got practice, right? Like what's the difference, right? Like it's the same exact thing. It's a trait, it's a hobby, it's a skill set that they are now learning based on something that they are very, very into. They're very excited about. And sure, like what you you mentioned it too, like if their grades start dropping and if you want to pull video games off the table, do that. That's fine. Because guess what? If they're in a sport, if I when I was wrestling, if my grades dropped, I didn't get to wrestle. Right? It's the same exact concept. So we just need to imply or like put those ideas on gaming too for the kids it doesn't have to be just that all the time you can feed them information about other aspects of it 
And if their kid just really isn't into game design, really doesn't care how the game ticks, there's a different avenue to reach out to towards that, right? Maybe they just really like the competitive environment of it. And maybe you need to find a competitive sport that gets that same rush for your kid if you really want them to get away from the screen and go outside and do something different, right? Maybe that, you know, that t-ball tournament isn't doing it for them. They need something a little bit more uh, faster paced or more strategy or, right? Or maybe they really enjoy having a team behind them, but being the one whole, like, being able to carry the weight. Well, track and field is that way, right? Wrestling's that way. You have a team behind you, but you're the one on the mat, right? Like there, there's a whole different way of looking at this and, and approaching this quote unquote problem of over gaming uh, and turning it into something positive and making it a learning experience. And I think that's the the biggest thing from reading all these articles and looking at this and uh, you know, my, my job experiences and all that, like everything that I went through was how do you turn this into a positive experience? How do you make this something that is going to benefit them in the future, in the long run, whether it's in gaming or not, there is a way to go around this, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I've had kids come into esports to then find out that 3D design is their thing and they love making animations and they want to learn how to do that through and through. Are they going to stick with it? I don't know, right? It, but it's something, it's teaching them a skill set right now. So there's a lot of different ways to approach this problem. And I think just right, like telling someone that they can't do their release for more than one to three hours a week is kind of insane, right? You tell a runner that they're only allowed to run one hour a week, like that sucks, right? Like, or what about their mental health? What about their release? Like they're, just because it's running and not gaming, it's that false sense of being antisocial, even though you're in a social environment in the gaming community, right? It's mm-hmm. it, it's a tough one. It, I mean, and I get the misconceptions of it, but it all stems from a misunderstanding and not creating or starting that conversation with people who have been playing games their whole lives, who are in this, who love this stuff, right? And you can have a very fulfilling life and still love video games, right? We both have people in our lives, right? You have a whole family. <laughs> I have two fur babies with me, right? Like it's, it is possible, it is doable, and you can still have that fun with gaming. I mean, we last year we played a bunch of games, but we still went to work, right? We still came home to our loved ones. We still had quality time with our families, right? Like it is doable. And I think that, one of the things too when it comes to addiction is it's it's hard to say you know i know addiction is really difficult to deal with but if it really means a lot to you like if family really means a lot to you or those kind of things or if you are the one that is outside looking in and you want to have that relationship with your child with your family member who is dealing with an addiction no matter what it is like you have to also put the time in to understand and be able to speak their language too. It's not just about them kicking the habit. You have to educate yourself on what this habit is and why is it that they are so into this? Why is it grabbing them so much? And maybe you can help them find alternatives or a way to regulate. Or if you are a parent and you want your kid to not play so much video games, play the game with them, right? And then whenever it's time to turn it off, you turn it off. 
you're there. You're watching. You're regulating 100%. Like, you're monitoring the entire time. And if you don't have time for games that day because maybe you're tired from work or you got something you need to do, then, hey, guess what? No games today because it's this is, you know, this is parent-child time. Get video, make video games a parent-child time like board games was for us back in the day. It's the same concept. So, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a million different ways to handle this problem, but it really all stems from just having a proper conversation first about it and not just making it go away completely because it won't. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you guys have enjoyed this little conversation here. And, you know, addiction is real. So if you need help out there, reach out, right? We've done an episode on gaming addiction before, but this is coming at it from a completely different standpoint of government regulations now, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but if you need help, you know, reach out. And if you don't feel like you have anybody in your life that you can reach out to or anyone that understands you, uh, well, I, I guarantee there are people in your family that do understand you. It's just starting that conversation. But if you feel more comfortable and you want to talk to us, one of us, hey, we're on Discord and we have our own channel. Uh, so join us, have a conversation with us and let's have some fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week with some more games and topics and all that crazy stuff in between. But until then, bye for now.